Hey everybody, how's it going? Um, welcome to our podcast, Flip It and Reverse It. My name is Jasmine and I am joined here today with... Bombay Jenkins. And this is the show where we force our interests upon one another. Alrighty, Bombay, tell us what we gonna do today. Today Yo. we are breaking down the Marvel Avengers Endgame. Previously, we had broken down the trailer and we were speculating on what we thought was going to happen. We have both now seen the movie Mm -hmm. twice. And so uh, the spoiler ban has been lifted by the Russo brothers, so we are not going to hold anything back. This is your final spoiler warning for all those people out there who, for whatever reason... It's called Endgame Review. Like, you should know. You don't click into that. See, here's my thing about people with the spoilers. If you click something that's obviously a spoiler and then you get upset because it was spoiled, why'd you click that? No, it's your fault. You dumb. Jasmine is stealing my line from a few episodes back, but that's okay. So we are giving one, you one last chance to duck out before we start talking about the movie because we will be breaking down everything, including the moments you wish you would have seen in theaters. Yeah, if you want to duck out now, now is the time. Quack, quack. All right, so I'm not going to indulge that joke. So we are going to be breaking down a couple of movie trailers first and foremost, like we always do. Today, we are breaking down uh, The Intruder and Long Shot. So we'll be back in a second here with our movie trailer reviews. Boom. Okay, so we just finished watching the trailer for the movie The Intruder. Alright, here's the thing. I get everyone's, you know, trying to be more inclusive, this and that and the other. But I'm sorry, an old white guy trying to get back the house that he sold to you is not a, a, a villain. or That's not a good villain, because guess what? If he keeps showing up on your fucking property, get a restraining order. He doesn't, re- like, respect that restraining order, send him to jail. In the fucking movie i'm sorry to curse i know i'm not supposed to curse but this is fucking stupid it's a dumb premise you don't just keep letting him show up on your yard and be like oh he's just lonely oh he hit our car oh no he's just lonely no get a restraining order like take it to the laws if it's that much of an issue sell back the damn house i'm done this is dumb it's a dumb premise for a movie that's all well i guess there's not too much else to say after that uh that's our review no i'll put in my two cents here um, when the trailer started, I thought it might be something decent. I, um, recognized the two, like, lead actors, the male and the, and the female. I had seen them in previous movies. I think the guy was in the barbershop trio of movies back in the day. Um, so I went into this thinking that there might be a, you know, a story here. And as the trailer kept going, I realized that there wasn't a story here. Um, it looks incredibly cheesy, doesn't look like the plot is anything worth buying into and no. once again this trailer pretty much gives you the entire movie yeah it gives you the entire movie in the trailer so like i feel like i've already seen this movie now and i already hate it so i'm gonna stick with uh, jasmine here i'm not you know as upset as she is but by the time the trailer was over it was one of those mo- I moments i just thought it looked interesting from like the pictures and stuff and then i find out it's just these two people who can't stand up to a Creepy old white guy. Come on, send him to jail. I don't care that he's white. 
I just gotta tell you that like the premise in general is stupid. It doesn't matter what the what the race really is here. No. But like a guy sells you his house, then he can't let go of said house, so he keeps showing back up at your house. And I'm just like, this should just be a 30 second like TV spot for the NRA. Really, like when someone <laughs> shows up at your house, shoot him in the face. And that this was our house mm-hmm. now. Boom. It's like you sold me the house, right? It's time to move on, Jack. Why, if you didn't want to get rid of the house, why'd you get rid of the house? Like, this yeah, is, this is a dumb thing. So anyway, it's just stupid. We're gonna move on. There's no need to talk about this movie. What do we got next? Long shot. Long shot. Let's hope it's a little better. Yeah, that's what they should have done with this movie. Yeah. Oh. Alrighty, so we just finished watching the trailer for Long Shot, which I had forgotten what this is, and by the name of it, I figured it was gonna be like a action movie, but no, it's it's rom com featuring Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Yes, thank you. I was gonna totally butcher her name, um, and I am just glad to see Seth Rogen back acting. Where not that his movies weren't great, but I think he does great there. And Sausage Party and stuff that other things, a million ways to die in the West, other things that maybe he's done, he should just be acting because he's good at that and stick to it, you know. You know, I feel like everyone has a wheelhouse, you know, yeah. you, a certain place where you just fit into, you know, for Vin Diesel, that's in Fast and Furious movies. And for people like Seth Rogen, it's basically any comedy movie. It's being the romantic interest of a girl way far hotter than you, who was your babysitter, a.k.a. man's fantasy, and somehow winning it all because you're the nice guy. Where are all the movies with, like, the ugly like, girl that ends up getting the... No, there's some of them. There's some, but... You're assuming too much. You think that uh, he's actually going to get the girl in the end. Oh, he's going to get the girl. Please. I think the modern feminist approach would be that she turns down the man to get her career. Yeah, but it's a rom-com. They're going to get together. Nope, 2019. you hear it here first, people. If you're listening to this trailer, we haven't seen this movie yet. Um... So I'm predicting that she turns him down to become the president and he goes back to being a journalist. I don't think that's what's going to happen. She's going to turn down her career to be the wife of a journalist. Nope, not happening. (laughs) So anyway, in the trailer here, obviously we've already painted it for you. This guy is going out of his way to write her speeches. So he has to get to know her and then their romance develops. It looks great. And can I say what also is great is the fact that I've picked a better movie trailer than Jasmine two weeks in a row. And Wait, I is that really true? super excited. Yeah, it's what was true. last week's? It's true. Really? It doesn't matter. What is your overall interest level for this movie? I'm going to give it like a solid eight because you know what? I, it's We're a, doing it's it a, a five unique... scale. It's a one oh. to five scale. Okay, one to five. I forgot. I'll give it a solid four then, because it's a, it's a unique concept. I haven't really seen this idea played out in a rom-com. Right. And I, I like Seth Rogen in rom-coms. I think he's good. I'm also at a four, and just before we get too far away, what is your interest level for our last trailer? The oh, trailer. a negative one. Okay, mine's a, mine's a point five. So. <laughs> no, I'll give it a one. It's a one. It's a solid one. Yeah, yeah. It probably has good acting. It probably does. But, so, we're moving away from that now. Long shot looks great. I think you should go see it. Definitely, I would go see it in theaters. Yeah, if it's still in theaters when this comes out. Anyways, it probably will be. Well, this is coming out today. So, it'll be in theaters. Okay. Sorry, I don't do good with time and math. I went to school for the arts. <laughs> we will see you in a bit to talk about Endgame. Hello, hello, 
hello. Are you RuPaul now? Why am I It's saying, wearing off on you. Oh my God. Why am I saying hello so many times? Because we usually just say alrighty. And you can only <laughs> say alrighty so many opening segments. I can say it so many times more. Just you wait. Okay. So today we are breaking down Avengers Endgame. And the reason why this is a monumentous occasion do, 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 do. is because we've do. never reviewed a movie before. Do, do. Have we? Do, do. No. No, we haven't. No, so no. we usually only break down movie trailers, but now we're giving our first full movie full, review. But movie. Not yes. a TV show, a full-on movie. Yeah. So we have both seen Avengers Endgame twice at this point. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions. And oh, yeah. I think we're just gonna get we're just gonna let it all out. We're gonna let it all out. Alright. Yeah, everything. So let it hang. What free balling? Jasmine. What yes. is your initial feelings coming out of this movie? Well, if you're saying my initial feelings coming out of the movie, it's a little different than my feelings on the whole movie. Because the last hour of that movie was dank. And coming right out of the movie, I'm sad. Um, so just the coming out of the movie, yeah, sadness. Overall, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. See, for me... You know, it has a different shock value when you're watching it the first time and the second time. Uh, At the end of the first time going through it, I was upset. Like, I was honestly upset at what they did. And we're going to get to all that later on in in the reaction here, what exactly what happened. But... I was I went to bed angry. I was really You were mad about it? I was mad about it, yeah. I was mad on several different things. There there are some omissions to this movie that I felt like just I didn't understand why they would leave certain things out. And there yeah. were things that they included that I just kinda thought that it was unnecessary or that they should have done it differently. But let me change my tone here a little bit because with all that being said, this is my favorite Marvel movie. Your favorite? Yes. Over Infinity War. I would have to, you know, I'm not making it official yet, and we might do a breakdown of our favorite Marvel movies, like from top to bottom, later on sometime, maybe somewhere down right the Because right now future. Infinity War is your top, right? It is. And I think I would have to, I want to watch it on like, on my TV, like at home, like Blu-ray status. Yeah, out of the theater, etc. Yeah, because the theater is a, is a really skewed like perception of a movie. It's, it's such a heightened arena you got the loud sounds, the bright picture, like people pe- walking in front of you, people et cetera, all around et you, people cheering, people laughing. Like I just want like to be in my own like kind of like world and like see the, and view this movie from that lens to give it a real critical evaluation. But just first like thinking about it, it's it's at the top. But we'll we'll see. I'll give it an official stance. I gotta later. rewatch Infinity War before I decide that. I think because there are things that were better about Infinity War and things that are better about Endgame. And then there were a lot of parts of Endgame where I was like, this isn't necessary, we're wasting too much time. Whereas Infinity War didn't have time to waste any time because they had such a huge cast. Right, we ain't got time for that. So, I mean, it's kind of like there are pros and cons to both. So I need to, like, really suss it out before I decide which one's better than the other. Right. You know, just in the past, like, watching movies in the theater, I always feel like I come out of it with, like a much, like, more grandiose feeling about it. Because I remember, like, coming out of seeing Black Panther, and I thought, I put that in my top three immediately. Yeah. And then after re-watching it, like, at home, and watching some of the other movies, I moved it down the list, like, a couple spots. So it's definitely not in my top three anymore. I think it's actually currently in my But then fifth. some of them I've never watched in theaters, so... 
if I watch them in theater. I just need to get a home movie theater system. I think that's what we really need. We'll get there. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could make a kind of like a makeshift home theater. I've, yeah? I've done get you like a projector screen and... I'll show you some stuff. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an off video conversation. Just kidding. Sorry. So, <laughs> so yeah. So my initial reactions are just that like... Yeah, I was upset at first, but then afterwards, my second time going around seeing this movie, it kind of just like dawned on me that some of the things they did needed to happen, and then other things I was just being a little too reactionary about. Yeah, but, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that here in a minute. So, final thing before we transition to this next topic, because we're going to break down this entire movie um, into three different segments. We're going to start off with the first hour, and the second hour, and then the third hour, obviously, three-hour movie. Three uh, segments, math. Math. But just really quick here, if you just had to say, overall, like, were you satisfied or dissatisfied with Avengers Endgame? Um, I was satisfied. Satisfied? Yeah. You heard it here first. Jasmine's not an easy person to please. <laughs> so, <laughs> never mind. You? What about you? I'm ecstatic. Ecstatic? I'm okay. Ecstatic. There's a lot of things that were accomplished with this movie that you just, I didn't think they'd be able to accomplish. And I felt like when I first was doing the trailer reaction, I had said at the very end of the trailer reaction that we should, you know, just like appreciate what had happened up until this point because it might not be as good as it is right now. But I think with the way they ended it, I'm pretty confident that the best of Marvel is actually going to be yet to come, come. Yet to come. You mean better than Thor? Much better. Than Thor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it is. It's the ending of a ten-year period of movies. You know, like that's a lot to put on one movie for a wrap-up. Like that's insane. So I think like it did its job. It what, is is did it its a job. wonderful, amazing movie on its own? No. No. But it, it did its job. It wrapped everything up nicely. It made some endings for some characters that needed to have their endings made. And it, it did its job while still jerking a few tears and having some pretty good action sequences. Not enough, in my opinion, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a little bit. We'll see you in a sec. <laughs> Hey everyone, just taking a quick break here to let you know just some stuff that Jasmine and I did earlier today. Yeah. We are about to welcome a our first pet into our home here. Our very first own son or daughter. Yes, a little cat. And we went to the shelter here locally in Missoula, mm-hmm. Montana, and we saw four different cats that we thought could be a potential cat to bring home, but they don't let you bring home a cat the same day that you go in there, so we had to turn in an application, and we'll have to come back later. So we got a few, we got a day or two here to figure out which of these four cats that we want, and we wanted to take a second to thank all of you, because we asked questions on both of our personal Instagrams mm-hmm. about what we should name our cat, and we got like dozens of responses from all of you out there, so we just wanted to take a second to thank tell you. you. Yeah, and thank you, and tell you about the cats that we saw, yeah? 
Yeah, well, we'll tell you a little bit more about them when we figure out who we're going to take, but we wanted to thank you all for participating in this adventure with us because we didn't know what to name our cat, but I feel like we have a lot of good options now. So Mm -hmm. a special thank you to all the fans out there who follow us on Instagram and give us tons of ideas. Uh, Do you want to take a second to say thank you? Yeah, and soon you will be seeing pictures of our little baby boy or girl who we do not know which one it will be yet. The mystery continues. See you soon. All right, so now we are going to begin with our breakdown of Avengers Endgame. And the movie starts off uh, not with a bunch of pictures of Stan Lee like Captain Marvel did, which I was a little, you know, upset about. But what are you going to do? They only gave him one movie, I guess. Yeah, you gotta give him at least, like, next ten. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, guys. Anyway, so we start off with Hawkeye, because, you know, you gotta address, you know, what happened to him, because he wasn't in Infinity War at all. And you see him, um, like, just shooting some arrows with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that that might be a backdoor little hint of the fact that him and his daughter might have a Disney Young Plus Avengers. show. Young Avengers. Well, they might do a Disney Plus show with just the okay. two of them where he trains her to be the next Hawkeye. I guess I'd watch it. I don't know. I mean, they're going to put so many shows on Disney Plus, I feel like I'm going to have to watch it, get it eventually. Yeah. You know what? Netflix is taking a dive, in my opinion. So. Yeah, but is there going to be enough on Disney Plus to satisfy me? We're going to have to find out. <sighs> We're going to have to find out. But we see his family get snapped. Yeah. And, you know, he's all running around trying to figure out where his kids are and then... It just, you know, it pans off to the Marvel logo. And the next thing that we see... In a quick side note, who the hell eats mayo on a hot dog for reals, though? You, I wouldn't be surprised if you did. No, never. Um, I, I and then, like, What's the big deal about eating ketchup on a hot dog still? Like, mayonnaise is more acceptable. Mayo or k- mustard are the options? We don't even say ketchup? Ketchup is gross on a hot dog. We've been through this. No, it's not. I, yes, it is. It's dumb. It really is. So, after that, we are panning over to uh, Nebula and Tony playing paper football. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cute. Nice little throwback to my childhood. Played a (laughs) lot of that back in the day. But you get some quick moments with them on the Benatar, because they're obviously just, like, stranded in space. And Tony's speaking into the Iron Man helmet, talking to Pepper. A little humility from Nebula. Yeah. Well, humanity, perhaps. Humanity, I think is what you meant to say. Is what I meant to say. Yeah. Not humility. She does not have any of that. <laughs> so we see Tony talking to his Iron Man helmet, leaving a message for Pepper. He doesn't think he's going to last too much longer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the trailers made it seem like Tony might be stranded in space for a while. But we're talking like we're five minutes into the movie and he's already being rescued by Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which we didn't know that Captain Marvel was looking for Tony. No, they kind of skipped that part very conveniently, which I was a little annoyed by. Because they, I mean, obviously everyone's watching the end credit scenes at this point, obviously. And so there's that end credit, end credit scene with her busting in and being like, where's Nick Fury, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know we all saw that, but I still would have liked to see just like a touch more of that conversation. Yeah, really. It just seemed a little like, whoa, okay, I guess we're forgetting that, what what did they say to her? They say, oh, Hi, space lady. We got friend in space. Go get him. Like, yeah. what, what was the conversation there? I thought that we was a little hasty. We didn't get any of that. 
Well, what did have up happening afterwards is that, you know, like, Captain Marvel, like, brings the ship down and, like, to Avengers, um, well, their facility. And you see everyone yeah. waiting outside for them. And then the next day, you get pretty much, like, Cap explaining to Tony what's been happening the last, like, few weeks and how they've been tracking Thanos and they can't seem to find him. And yeah. They don't not sure what to do next. And in a pretty good scene, you have Tony kind of like going a little manic. A little. Yeah, he's kind of got space brain. Yeah, um. like he's been <laughs> trapped in space for a few weeks and he's pissed. And he's talking about how he wanted to have a suit of armor flying around the world like he did at Age yeah. of Ultron. And he was blaming Cap for being like, well, saying that that wasn't necessary. And he's like, well, look what happened. That was a pretty good scene, honestly. I mean, because they have not reconciled. So you need to have that scene to make sure you know... At this point, they still are pissed off at each other. Right, because they Remember haven't seen Civil each other War? since Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, five, seven movies ago? <laughs> Tony gets pretty upset, ends up passing out from just a general exhaustion. No, he rips his little heart out. Okay. <laughs> general exhaustion. Well, he collapses on the It was a little more dramatic that. than that. <laughs> yeah, so he fell down. And then after that, we pan to... Captain Marvel pretty much saying that, like, we should just go get Thanos. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to go kill Thanos. Bye, guys. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, calm down now. Yeah, Black Widow pulls her aside and is like, we usually work as a team around here. we got to make these decisions together. And so they all hash it out. And we see some of the stuff in the trailer where they're talking about going and getting him. Yeah, we see some of those clips. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, whoa, 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 holy crap, we're like, Six minutes into the movie or something. Like, calm down, guys. Right. So they basically decide just to go and get him. So you have a team of Cap, Black Widow, uh, War Machine, Thor. Nebula, Thor, Rocket, and Captain Marvel. So mm-hmm. you have all of them going to this planet they call the Garden. And Nebula knows exactly where it is because she always heard, you know, Thanos talking about it. Yeah, and they see that the and his stones were used again. Right. So they knew exactly where the planet was. So Captain Marvel pretty much goes there, and she, well, she, they all go there, but she, like, leaves the ship first while they're still orbiting the planet, and then she's like, hey, guys, he has no army. He's just hanging He's just out hanging there out, by drinking himself. Lemonade, picking up gourds. Yeah, so he panned <laughs> a Thanos, and he's just sitting in this garden picking fruit. I'm like, <laughs> is this the, like, terror of the universe here? He's just gardening now? Okay. I mean, that's what I said. He's sipping lemonade on his front porch, man. Yeah. So he's just chilling the whole time. Trying to rip out all the thistles out of his garden. And he's just sitting there in his little shack. And the next thing you know, he has Captain Marvel flying through his side of his house and just getting him in a chokehold. And he's like, what is going on? Why is this glowing woman on my neck? Like you do with her. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you have, uh, oh, I forgot, Bruce Banner showed up for this. Yeah. He came in with a Hulkbuster suit and he was holding one arm and then War Machine grabbed the other arm and Thor comes in and chops off his hands. Yeah. So the gauntlet's now, like, his arm is just on the ground. And then the gauntlet is empty. No stones. Oh, we'll jump in ahead of scene here. Hold on now. So the next thing we see here is Captain America and Black Widow coming in and asking him where the stones are. And then they notice how deformed Thanos looks. Oh, yeah. He's got major Freddy Krueger syndrome going on. Yeah. And he tells them that he used the stones to destroy the stones. And they were like, oh, no, you're a liar. They got to be here somewhere. They're somewhere. Yeah. Look under the bed. <laughs> somewhere. You got to be hiding them. You wouldn't destroy the stones. Nebula claims that, like, well. Oh, my father is not a liar. Yeah. Yeah. And so Thor gets pissed off, like you do, and he chops his fucking head off. Yeah. 
He goes for the head. He goes for the head. Yeah. And did he really? Okay. And here's where we'll stop and actually discuss what happened. A, did you approve of the comedic line line of "I went for the head"? Yes. You did. Yes. Okay. I'm here for that. I thought maybe it was just slightly cheesy. Uh, this is Marvel. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, did you see Ragnarok? I don't really care for the. I mean. Well, I'm glad that Crimson Crimson Hemsworth has finally figured out how to do some kind of acting. I'm not sure that I'm super sold on comedy Thor. I I don't know. It's like, where is... There's got to be something in between this ultra just not taking myself seriously. And to be great fair, there are moments in the movie where I do think he does have really real moments. But, like, I don't know... We'll get into that a little later. We'll get um, into that later. Uh, I will remind my co-host here that if you rewatch Infinity War, you get the best of both worlds with serious and comedic Thor. Okay. So that, that was actually Infinity War was like his shining. It was like his movie as far as from like a hero standpoint. If you go if you go through true. Infinity War like like line by line, like that is mostly a Thor movie. But we can come back to that another time. But Anyways. Um, Thanos is dead. Thanos is dead. How do like, you react when you first watch that? 15 minutes into the movie, Thanos is dead. And after watching enough trailers, I was convinced that Thanos would return. The only question is how. But I was also really caught off guard by that. I was caught off guard yeah. that they would kill him so early in the movie. Yeah, but, no, I was just like, I'm sorry, what? And with such a little struggle. Like... I mean, regardless of not having the stones, he's still a really powerful person. Right. And I guess the stones did, like, take a lot of his strength away. Like, they almost killed him, so he's weak. So we're just going over to the weak animal and kicking him and cutting his head off while he's down, which, not very heroic, Thor. No, Um, but at the same time, I think Thor and Captain Marvel are also the two strongest Avengers. So, I I mean, even at full strength, he would have had his hands full. If you, you think about the other fights, the other fight later, like, he's still putting up a really good fight without oh. the stones. That's true. That's true. A younger, a n- more A younger and more hopeful Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> so after that... With his uh, big sword. We got to the point where I felt vindicated because Jasmine and I were having a little discussion about whether or not there'd be a time jump in the movie. Well, I mean, I always agreed with you. I just disagreed about the amount of time, and you were right about the amount of time that passed before the time. Blah, blah, blah. So there is a um, gap in time where there's a five-year um, gap to the future, and the first thing you basically see is, you know, Captain America having, like, a, a meeting with, like, survivors. Uh, fun fact, one of the guys who was talking was actually one of the directors in the movie. Uh, that was, um, yeah. that was, I think that was Joe Russo. Yeah, or um, one of them. And so he's it's basically like taken over what Falcon Easter was doing. Thing. Yeah, Falcon was doing that in Winter Soldier, so that was a nice little callback to that. Yeah, necessary, no. Fan service, yes. This whole movie is fan service. I- I've heard people complaining online about how this movie just had too much fan service. If you're not here for fan service, then what are you watching this movie for? Like, these movies are serialized, which means that they're supposed to be paying off the fans who are watching these movies. If you're here for a standalone, critically acclaimed movie, this is not what you signed up for. Mm. It really isn't. So, I mean, you got to figure out why you're watching this movie. Yeah. So, you know, moving on from that, after that, you know, you have, you know, Black Widow speaking with... Having the, her little Avengers meeting. Yeah, with the five people all over, like, the place. You have Okoye, 
and Captain Marvel, Rocket, and War Machine, and they're all speaking from different places where they're at, and... We get, like, a little possible spoiler to the future of the quake under the ocean. Yeah, so Black Widow mentions that there's an earthquake underneath the ocean, and Okoye says, oh, there's nothing to be worried about, but we're all pretty sure that that's a little nod to Namor, who is the king of Atlantis and apparently was the first mutant ever. So we might be on the lookout for some mutant activity Come on, mutants, show us what it's about, which I'm excited for that, because obviously they took a hint from uh, Aquaman, and they're like, ah. Sea heroes can work. They definitely can work. (laughs) Yeah, but I think the next scene that we see after that is the real MVP of this whole movie, and that's our friend the rat. And the rat is just casually, you know, like walking over this... um, The quantum van. The quantum van. And (laughs) Scott Lang just pops right out. So Five years later. Yeah, five years later. And this is the part where I feel like they spend too much time on, like him, like... Going, walking around, being walking confused. around, not knowing what's going on, going to that little like that memorial, memorial, seeing finding all the, Cassie, finding like, looking at the stones for all the people who were like lost, asking a boy in the street, "What happened here, children of the corn?" Like, <laughs> yeah. calm down, it's not necessary. You see him reunite with his daughter, who's like a teenager at this point. I think that's the main reason they had this sequence because they're they're kind of like hinting at this young Avengers type deal. They had that sequence, I feel, just to like refresh in our mind that. Cassie is still right. a character. Yeah, that she is somewhat important. Yeah. Yeah. And she's alive. She didn't get dusted. Which is cool. Good for him, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they briefly go from there, you know, over to where, like, Ant-Man now goes to the Avengers facility, and you mm-hmm. just have that moment where he's supposed to come in and talk to Cap and, like, Black Widow, and he starts talking to them about the fact that he was trapped in the quantum realm for five years... And he's like, time was different. I think we can manipulate time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which is like, is that that the conclusion you think you would first jump to if you had been in there? Like, oh, time moves differently. Is that like you think, oh, we can manipulate it? Well, you know, if I'm just like reading into the way I think it is, his family lives in San Francisco Bay Area and he drove that van to New York. So yeah. I'm thinking that in the course of that and learning about all the things that he learned from, you know, from his daughter about what had happened, he's probably just thinking to himself that he, what he knows about the quantum realm, that there has to be ways to manipulate it. Yeah. Because when he drove that van to New York, do you think like, why didn't we get a shot of him taking it to the mechanic, getting it oil change, you know? Oh God. <laughs> um, also though, another point, which is interesting. Okay. So Scott Lang has this big revelation about time travel in the quantum realm. How come Michelle Pfeiffer didn't ever have that revelation? We don't know that she didn't. We didn't get a whole lot of time with her. I mean, as soon as, like, she comes out, they're trying to help Ghost. And we don't know how much time actually has allotted from there. And then she gets snapped. I mean, we don't actually know if that was a matter of days or not. I guess, yeah, they don't really cover how long that was a period of time for. Right. But, but she was saying that, like, she was the one giving them all the information about the quantum realm. Yeah. She was telling them, like, oh, there's time vortexes, and you might get sucked into one. There's these little amoebic monsters. Right. <laughs> right. So, like, Scott Lang is basically operating on information that he had just gotten. Because he got the information, was trapped in there for five hours, then realized that five hours is actually five years. So he didn't have a whole lot of time to process any of this either. So he comes out, goes to the Avengers facility. And he didn't even age when he was in there, unlike Michelle Pfeiffer. Just kidding. But then again, Paul Rudd never ages, so not a surprise. We already know this. (laughs) And so now, 
Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, is trying to ask Captain America, he's like, do you think it's possible to control these, you know, these like quantum anomalies? And Cap's like, I'm not sure, but I know a guy. And, and so, it's like, oh, like we don't all know him. Ooh. Which just goes back to that honest trailer that we watched about yeah. about Infinity War, where they're like, Captain America has a reduced role of guy who knows a guy. And I was <laughs> just thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, here he is again with Knowing his role someone. of being a guy who knows a guy. It's true. So they go to Tony's house, and this was one of my like beginning of my favorite parts of the movie is when you find out that Tony finally get Tony finally gets like a family because yeah. you know he's been wanting to have that for all along. And he has his life. He has he a ha- perfect little life on the lake. Has that house in the lake that he always talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's him and Pepper and his daughter Morgan, who's like a four year old, and she's adorable. She's such a cute. That actor is such a cutie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, adorable. And, you know, they're having, like, a little just, like, just day together as a family. And you see that, like, she comes out with, like, the Iron Man helmet on. And you can tell that they're hinting Not at something the in the Not the Iron future. Man helmet. I'm sorry. The rescue helmet. Thank you. The rescue helmet. It was Pepper's helmet. Yeah, Pepper's helmet. Get yes. it right, dude. I apologize. Gosh. And Noob so over here. Cap and Black Widow and Paul Rudd. I keep saying Paul Rudd. Scott Lang. I mean, he's just Paul Rudd. He's, just he's Paul not Rudd. ever a character. No. <laughs> they all show up to Tony's house and tell him about the stuff, about their plan. And Tony kind of mocks their plan and says, "Like, wait, did you make up all this? All these like theories from watching Back to the Future?" And he was yeah. like, "Well, no, maybe." Uh, Time heist. I'm not sure. <laughs> But um, it's a cute little moment because it's it's really fun with Scott Lang and all this because he didn't really have that much interaction with anybody up to this point other than at the airport. Right, right. So we haven't seen a whole lot of, like, Scott Lang's character with, you know, Tony or Captain America or anyone else. He just had some brief lines in Civil War. So that's that's probably the funnest part of this whole first hour, honestly. Right. Other than the exposition, 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 blah, um... (laughs) <laughs> See, I'm totally here for all of that. Because you have to, like, set up the story. I just wish that they would have just been a little more concise and maybe done some other exposition. But yeah. I'll, I'll get into that here Speaking in of being concise. Boop, 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 boop. Let's move it along here. Yeah, so after they... Tony turns them down. He's saying that he doesn't want to help them out. Yeah. Because if they were, like, able to do this... Like, would they do it correctly? And if they didn't do it correctly, he might lose his family. He's got a lot more at stake. Yeah, he's like, I finally have all the things I want. Like, why would I give that up? And Cap and, you know, Scott are asking him to, like, take a chance. And he's like, no, I can't take a chance. I have too much to lose. Yep. So they all leave. And, you know, later on that night, um, Tony is basically like, this, this part seemed really strange to me. Tony just figured out. Like, time Figured travel. Figured out time travel in the matter of one evening. Yeah, because he's Tony Stark. Yeah, he, that's just what he does. And we're supposed to just, like, fly with like, that. Like, okay. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Well, I mean, they went and they, they went and go went to go get Bruce Banner first, right? Well, they did. Yeah. They did. So, this is part two of where Cap, you know, guy who knows a guy. I know another <laughs> guy. Another big brain. This scene took a little bit too long for me. Way too long. And this is the part that kind of upsets me. So they show up to find Bruce, and at this point he's become Professor Hulk. So he and the Hulk finally hashed it out with them, with the two of them internally. And so now, like, Bruce is always in Hulk form, but he's retained more of his personality. Yeah, so he kind of like looks like his Hulk face looks a little like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, like, so strangely. he's like smarter Hulk, but still Hulk-ish. <laughs> And so they're sitting at a diner talking about if time travel is possible. And I was a little disappointed by this because I felt like they were trying to give 
the Hulk, like, this, like, multi-movie arc. Yeah. Where, like, he's, like, afraid of the Hulk, and then he, like, runs away from Black Widow, and they're impending love. And then you see him again on Ragnarok. And he is the Hulk, and he won't let Bruce out. Right. And then he... But then get the Hulk back. And but the thing that yeah. lets him out of being the Hulk is hearing, like, Natasha's voice yeah. on, like, the Quinjet. And then you go into Infinity War and, like, he won't become the Hulk again. And so I was, like, really confused by the fact that they give him all this backstory. And then they flash forward to this movie. and give it nothing. They give you nothing. It's like, you just see the resolution. You're just like, oh, well, he figured it out in the last well, five years. Oh, I figured it out. And we it's don't like, know what happened with him and Natasha or anything. Right. They don't play up their love story either. Like, why would you Which have that love story go on for so many years? Right. Through so many different movies. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, you know what? That love story that you cared about so much, we just don't really want to tell you how it ends. And I think at the, you know, through the course of the movie, you find out that they want to, to play up more Black Widow and Hawkeye's relationship. But you can't just give us so much of Black Widow and Hulk and then just be like, poof, it's gone. He's Professor Hulk now. You don't get to find out why. Look, yeah. he's taking selfies with kids. Isn't this fun? Cute. Yeah, it was really Ryan Johnson of them, you know, just like the whole, and that's the director for The Last Jedi, for those who are wondering. You know, they're just like, yeah, these storylines that you really cared about, yeah, we don't care. We're done with them. Yeah. Yeah, we're done with them. I'm yeah. like, okay. Next. Cool. Great. So, no clue how he even got the Hulk gun come back out, or it is dumb. Right. <sighs> so, later on that night, Tony figures out time travel. And we have that we have that cute scene where he's going to tuck his daughter into mm-hmm. bed, and she says, "I love you three thousand. Yeah. And he walks back downstairs and tells Pepper, and then she's like, "Oh, really?" And he's like, "Yeah, you came somewhere in the eight to nine hundred range." Not that it's a competition, but she loves me three thousand. That was pretty good. That was pretty cute. Yeah, I liked that scene. Really but, adorable. Great child actor. Can't complain. So Tony, you know, talks to Pepper, and this was actually a really poignant like scene. I felt like most people like. Might not have caught on to it right away, but he's talking to her about time travel and he says to her, like, you know, I can just like put a stick in it right now and not address it again. And Pepper looks over to him and says, but will you be able to rest? Yeah. And he goes silent and doesn't say anything. And we'll revisit that a little bit later in the movie. Um, So after that, he shows back up to the Avengers facility, Tony does, and tells Cap that he's willing to make this work, but... He doesn't want to change anything from the last five years. Uh, he wants to just bring everyone back to this moment now so he doesn't lose his family. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do it with the whole team. And another poignant moment. And try to not die. And try to not die. Yeah. Yeah. Those were his conditions. And Cap was like, I think we can make all that work. And so what you see from there is like the Hulk and uh, Rocket. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I'm well, you skipped the scene The another egregious comedic scene of Hulk and everybody trying to figure out time travel. And instead of going back in time, they are passing time through Scott oh, Lang that's where I did skip and that. baby, baby Scott, old man, Scott and teenager Scott. It, it was, it's not really a necessary scene, but it was kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It you know, funny. you got it. You know, you're going to have those comedic moments, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. In which, I don't know if it was on ours or on Pizza Time, somebody called that, that there would just be, like, some sort of funny montage of Ant-Man yeah. trying to figure out time. It was kind of funny, though. It, it was yeah. I, I thought it was funny. But, um, yeah, so that did happen. And then when, yeah, Tony shows up right after that. He's like, hey, you he, guys want to stop doing this wrong? I'll help yeah. you out. Yeah, he was <laughs> explaining to them about how they were putting time through him instead of him through time. So, 
you know, classic stuff. Classic, yeah. He figured it out in one night. No yeah. Big, no big deal. <laughs> Meanwhile. Meanwhile, so the team starts showing up. You got, you know, War Machine dropping in from the sky, knocking all the lettuce out of, you know, like, um, out of... Ant-Man's Ant- taco. Yeah. And then, you know, like, Rocket and Nebula show up on the on the Benatar, and they pretty much knock the rest of the taco out of his hand. Yeah, Nebula says there's an idiot in the landing zone or something like that. And then the Hulk shows up and gives Scott Lang two new tacos because he's Which just a nice cute. guy. He's just a nice guy. Just a nice dude. And they definitely look like Taco Bell tacos. So, like, maybe, like, a light sponsorship. Maybe. <laughs> and then I'm hungry for tacos now. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. Boy. All right. So, moving on. Yep. Moving on. So, they decide that they need to go get Thor for this mission. Yeah. Okay. So, the Hulk goes to New Asgard. New Asgard. Well, find Tying out up in these Norway, And... Yeah, what was it? Hulk Hulk goes there with Rocket, mm-hmm. and they find that Thor is living in this like shack. Yeah. Uh, with Korg and not Meek. yeah, Korg and Meek. That's their names. Yeah. yeah. And playing Fortnite. Playing Fortnite, <laughs> and Thor's hair has grown out tremendously, like even longer than like the first movie that he was in. Yeah. And he's got his huge like beer belly. It which was actually it was a, you know what? As far as prosthetics go. Not bad, but I felt like it hung a little low. When Do you I, agree? Oh, no. I, mean, I feel like it was so low. Nobody's guts that low down. It was like a sagging belly. Like, nobody... It, I, I feel like you haven't seen that many people with beer bellies before. No, my dad has one. I've always... I see it all the time. It, it... No, not always. I've seen plenty of people. If Thor got a beer belly, he'd still have enough mat tissue mass to, like, have it be more sticky outy than droopy downy. I think you need to see some overweight people. Before you might want if you're to. overweight, please send me a picture. I'd like to get some more references. But don't send her a picture. What are you going to humiliate our fans for? Or if you know what? someone who's overweight. Just someone you saw on the street. Yeah, then go go have them send pictures. <laughs> what are you talking I, about? I just... Okay, DM me if you also agree that it wasn't a terribly convincing prosthetic. It was terrible. There wasn't convincing. enough moob going on for the saggy belly. Belly sagged too low. Belly button placement was strange. At least they put a shirt back on after a little bit, because it was not convincing to me. Oh, my God. That's my official review of Thor's prosthetic belly. That's a terrible review. I think it works. <laughs> I'm just trying to provide insights that maybe people haven't heard yet, you know? Okay. And reviewing the important things. Here's the important thing. Marvel is getting slammed every which way to keep adding representation into their movies. And while they're trying to be more proactive about it now and adding more and more representation. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to do to represent everyone. But they found a way to put, you know, like Thor, this person who had everything going for him, ultimate confidence, like thought he was the strongest Avenger, this, that, and the other. Like he was talking to Rocket in Infinity War about how he had nothing left to lose and how he was going to defeat Thanos. And they turned him into this PTSD-stricken, like, completely, like, just, like, overweight, easily triggered person who was absolutely crushed by what happened with the snap, and he couldn't live with his own failure. And so they really humanized a god. I thought that that was really classy on their part. I agree. I think the sentiment behind it was great. I think that the amount of jokiness that was behind it cheapened the sentiment. That's fair. Yeah, I, they, you can have him be completely distraught, completely guilt-ridden, completely even addicted to things, 
engulging in yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Indulging is that's not a word. We understand. Indulging in vices. You can have all of those things without having to have, you know, the sunglasses and the drinking the beers and the prosthetic. Like you don't have to have all those things. You can just have him be desolate. Right. I know. I don't know. I thought it was a little cheap, and I don't. I didn't. I was not a fan of the super jokey jokey playing Fortnite, calling out the noobs. I am Thor, blah, blah, blah. Yes, they're funny jokes, but not necessary, and it cheapens the rea- real reality of the situation and the actual... Yeah. I think I got my point across. So, after that, the Hulk takes his time to try to, like, convince Thor that they need him to come back and help because they have a chance to defeat Thanos. And yeah. Thor's like, don't say that name. Like, we don't speak that name here. It's like Voldemort. Basically. <laughs> but... He convinces, well, Rocket basically convinces them by saying that they have beer on the ship. Cheap. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, we're going to pause right there because that somewhat wraps up the first hour. I think we're right at like the 50-minute mark of the movie at this Somewhere point. Somewhere around there. It's a good stopping point because the next is another chunk. It right. So, we'll be happens. back here in a little bit and we're going to start breaking down the second half. Well, the, the time sec- heist. The, the second hour of this movie. Time heist. Time heist. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for you know checking in with us and Hanging out. listening to our review of Endgame so far. We just wanted to take a quick second to let you know what's coming up in our next episode. So we'll be breaking down episode six of season eleven of Rebels Drag Race. Start your. I'm gonna get you to sing it with me eventually. Nope, not happening. You're going to. Nope. That'll be the finale. So. The theme of the episode is All That Glitters. All That Glitters. So we'll be breaking down the challenges, the looks, you know, the huge. It's RuPaul's Drag Race. But before that, we'll be talking about the movie trailers we'll be breaking down next episode. And I chose John Wick 3 and Jasmine chose... Detective Pikachu! I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that my streak of picking the better movie trailers might be coming to an end. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll find <laughs> out next time. So we hope to see you on our next episode. We'll be on our next episode. You better be there too. Yeah, because, you know, two's company and 20 people, let's say, is, you know, a, a good party. ballroom full of people. <laughs> Welcome back, and we are here for hour number two of Avengers Endgame. We break down the second hour of this movie. Second segment. We took a break. We took a little lay down, a little sit down. I ate some candy. Um, that's what happened. Yeah, that is what happened. We took a quick little rest break. And watched one of our teams losing sports. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're not here for sports. This is Avengers time. Okay. What are you talking about? Avengers is a sport of it, sorts. It is. And so I'm going to use my mental gymnastics here because I'm trying to... Segway. I'm trying to, you know, recreate this whole movie in my mind while not having it, like, directly in front of me. Not, yeah. as, not as easy as you would think, people. So we last left off with Thor finally getting on the ship and deciding to join the rest of the Avengers. But we had one more Avenger to pick up. We had to go find out what Hawkeye was doing. And most people are like, do we care what Hawkeye was doing? But you know what? I actually did care. Yeah, I cared about they Hawkeye. Went into that a little further. Like, 
Has he always known Japanese? Why did he decide to kill these people? Right. What did they do? Etc. What did they do? We find out that he's taken on one of his alternate personas from the comics where he was known as Ronin. He's just this badass assassin dude. And he was going around killing gang members all over the world because he felt like, why should they be you know, allowed to live when his family had to die and they're not good people? Of the ones to snap. Right. The people yeah. who didn't get snapped. He's like, oh, well, the rest of the world got snapped by Thanos, and now you're getting snapped by me. Whoa. So we find him there assassinating. Well, not assassinating. He's just killing some people. And I mean, then- assassinating's not a terrible word for it. Rampaging, Assassinations are only used for political people. Oh, they might be political. We don't know. They never told us. They're gang members. Political gang members. Anyway, so we find Natasha showing up on this, like, random street in Tokyo where Hawkeye has just, you know, chopped down a bunch of people and she tells them that they might have a chance to save everyone. And so they have an emotional moment there between the two of them. Where he wishes... Don't give me hope. I'm sorry I couldn't give it to you sooner. Ooh, look at you remembering the lines. Look at me quoting. So now we have everyone on board. We're all back at the Avengers facility. Um, they're briefing everyone on what their plan is. And they're talking about like where the, what, you know, where the stones could be. And how they would have these three different like missions in time. About like... Okay, we have, like, three stones in New York. There's, like, one on Asgard, and there's two, like, that are, like, on Vormir and uh, Morag. Yeah. So they're splitting off into three different teams. But before they do that, they had to test to see whether or not the time travel thing worked. So they sent Hawkeye in for, like, a test run. And he shows up, like, in the past for a few moments here, and he sees his family. And then he's about to go walk. He doesn't walk. see them. He hears them. He hears them. And he's going to go walk into the house. He calls out the name of his daughter, and then he gets pulled back. And he tells them all, like, hey, it works. Like, you know, the time travel thing works. Like, let's do it. Very, very emotional moment. Setting up a nice little arc for him. Um, yeah, so then they they split off into their teams. They've got their missions. They're trying to get it figured out. Where they got to go. What they got to do. Yeah, exactly. So they're all, like, sitting here. And this part kind of got me. Because, you know, as they're all sitting there in their quantum suits, um, getting ready to go, you know, through time... You know, like, Natasha looks over at all of them, and she's like, I'll see you in a second. Oh, yeah, second go-around. Yeah. So, they all go off Spoiler their separate... Spoiler alert, she doesn't. We're Sorry. getting there. <laughs> Jasmine, Ooh. by the way, side note, Jasmine yeah. always talks, you know, to me when we're, like, in private about how much she hates spoilers. Remember? We are doing a spoiler full review it doesn't matter now it does matter because we haven't gotten to that point in the story oh my gosh she tells me how much she hates spoilers but yet she's always the first person to spoil something i am not you are whatever you are boo you you are a liar end up i'll pull your legs hairs out with my fingernails what else would you pull them out with teeth (laughs) (laughs) suck it So they're all going their separate ways. So we have teams. The New York team is Ant-Man, Captain America, uh, Iron Man, and Hulk. And you have the um, Asgard team mm-hmm. of Thor and Rocket. And then you have the Morag team of uh, War Machine and Nebula. And then Vormir is um, Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yep. So 
technically the last like two teams or one team because they travel back together and then from Morag, uh, Black Widow and take Hawkeye the take the Benatar from there over to Vormir. So you have this all happening, but the first thing that you see is New York. So they bring you back to the Battle of New York, and like it's like just wrapping up. Like the Avengers are like you know apprehending Loki in Stark Tower. Hulk smashing that giant skyworm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That casual. moment. Yeah. And so, Ant Man, Captain America, and um, Iron Man all go to where Loki's being held at because they're going to go get the Tesseract and the um, the scepter. Yeah. yeah. Loki's scepter. And then the Hulk branches off, and he heads over to, um, God. Black- hold up, hold up. I just had a moment. Did they? When did they pick up the Mind Stone? The Mind Stone's the scepter. Okay. Never mind. Stone. I'm oh. an, I'm, I just haven't watched, rewatched the movies in a while, and I was like, wait a second, that's the Mind Stone then? Because I was like, when did they, I was trying to remember chronologically when they put that into Vision. Yeah, I'm so, sorry, I was confused. Don't worry right. about it. Keep going. No, in Ultron, like he t- he grabs the scepter and he's like, "Oh, humans never think to go beneath the surface," and he cracks the scepter open and the Mind Stone comes out. That's right. Yeah. So the Hulk heads over to Doctor Strange's like place and he finds um, the the what was it the Ancient One? Mm-hmm. And she's sitting on top of you know like the building, like destroying random things that are going by, and that was a nice little callback. Because people were always questioning, like, oh, there's this, like, you know, sanctuary, like, in New York for yeah. all these, like, sorcerers, and none of them did anything in the Battle of New York. And so the first thing they show is her destroying ships in the Battle of New York. Like, Just, hey, no, they were there. They were helping. Like, they were actually helping the whole time. But, no, so, like, the Hulk tries to, like, convince the Ancient One to give her the Mind Stone. And, well, to give him the Mind Stone, and she declines. And he's like, well, I'm taking it by force. And then huh. she essentially punches him. And, like, kind of like how she does the Doctor Strange in the movie, where she, like, knocked his astral, like, self out of his actual body. Yeah. She does the same thing to the Hulk, and we actually see Mark Ruffalo, like, pop out of the Hulk. So we see, like, astral Mark Ruffalo. Astro Mark. Astro Mark. Almost like an asterisk, but it's an Astro Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So. I got a giggle. I got a giggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we cut back over from there, because, you know, Astro Mark. (laughs) <laughs> is uh, wondering, like, oh, what's happening? And they cut from there back to, like, Iron Man and Ant-Man, like, waiting for the right moment to get the Tesseract. And, yep. you know, Iron Man makes that joke about, um, like, oh, Cap, those pants aren't doing anything for your ass. That's America's ass. That's Wait, funny. That was, a good, that was a good moment. I will give them that one. You know, only Paul Rudd can give that line. Yeah, only Paul Rudd can get away with it. Right, so we have, like, you know, like, the little moment here where you know, they're walking Loki out of the building and they have a nice little like call back to Winter Soldier where you see like that like director of S.H.I.E.L.D. showing up with like the dude who plays Crossbones and they're trying to take the Tesseract from like from Tony and there's Ant- a Hail Hydra callback in the elevator too. Yeah, there's a Hail Hydra callback to when like Cap's like in the elevator and you know, like he doesn't know how he's gonna get the scepter from them. So he says Hail Hydra to them and he walks out with the scepter kind of has like a laugh to himself. Yeah. And Cute moment. On the bottom floor, you have, you know, like, Ant-Man sneaking into the younger version of Tony and, like, popping out one of his, like, arc reactor pieces to kind of put him into, like, a mild cardiac arrest yeah. so they can cause a diversion to get the Tesseract, but they mess up because after they grab the Tesseract, the Hulk comes out and, like, smashes the door open and hits Tony. 
the Tesseract goes flying, and then Loki grabs the Tesseract, and he disappears with it. Just gone. So, with them doing alternate timelines and all of that, we're assuming in this weird timeline now that Loki is actually... Never gets captured. Never dies. Never gets captured, yeah, so... Three times. He Just might, once. He might reappear <laughs> in the future now. We, we're not going to sure what they're going to do. Now that they're working with so many multiple timelines and now a multiverse, we'll get into that later. And what-if shows and... Oh, my God. Everything else that... Marvel's going to get out of control here. Insane. Yeah. So, they cut away from that and they cut over to Asgard. Well, no, first we have Hulk convinces Ancient One to... Oh, wait, no? No, nope, Gosh, I can't later. remember the sequence. I thought we were just going to wrap up New York. Um, never mind. Continue. You're the one that has the, the mind stone. Continue, please. So we go over to Asgard, and Thor and Rocket are showing up into the palace. They see uh, Frida, who's Thor's mom, and, you know, he gets a little, like, upset because he's like, oh, this is the day where she dies. And Rocket tries giving him this speech about, like, hey, can you get your stuff together really quick? Because, like... Like, my whole family died. My whole family died, and I really just want to get them back, so I need you to get your stuff together. Like, Rocket actually gives a really good speech here. Yeah. And Thor's like, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. The next thing you know, like, Rocket's like, all right, let's go get him. And he turns around, and Thor's gone. Again. Just disappears. Really? To to go drink. He'll get get some, like, wine from, like, Odin's wine cellar is what he was talking about. Just dumb. And so... They cut off of that because at that same moment where that's about to go happen, like, Thor's mom shows up and, like, sits him down. And she realizes that he's not the same Thor who's her son. Wow. I wonder what gave it away. It couldn't be his beer belly and giant hair, could it? No. 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 It's clearly just the eye. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, from there, they start, like, sitting down to have a talk. And then they pan over to uh, Morag. Yeah. And so at this point in time, you have, like, the opening scene from Guardians where Peter Quill's, like, dancing in front of, like, uh, where the Power Stone is. Singing that song. Yeah. I don't remember what the name of the song is, but it's a great song. Come and Get Your Love by Redbone? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. So he's singing, only this time, there's no, there's no song in the background, it's just him singing, like, himself. And Like, the, when you got the Walkman on, you get your headphones yeah. on, and you sound like crap. And so War Machine looks over at Nebula, and he's like, okay, so he's just an idiot. Yeah. And so they basically just knock him out, and they steal, and they go into the little uh, little like, tavern cave thing, and they steal the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, like, you know, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye take off on the ship to Vormir, and he looks over at her, and he's just like, we're a long way from Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that also that same callback from... Uh, Avengers 1, where they're talking about Budapest. Very cute. Um, but then we pan to... We've New got, York again. Is it New York again before my Thanny boy? Um, no, my they go back Thanny to... boy. They go back to New York first. Okay, I can't remember how these things... I know what happened, just... That's why we agreed that I would bring it okay, all continue, up. Okay, continue, continue. I don't know why you keep questioning me. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. If somebody finds any error in his pannings, please let us know. Oh, you're going to be so disappointed when they don't. (laughs) (laughs) So we go back to New York now, and the Hulk, well, not sorry, Astro Mark. Astro Mark! Is talking to the Ancient One about how he needs the stones so that they can undo what happened in their reality, 
And she's trying to telling him that like, oh, well, if you mess up, then this reality won't have a time stone and I can't put my reality in jeopardy because of your reality. And she tries to explain to him like how the alternate timelines idea works. Yeah. And he tells her that in, in the reality that he came from, that Doctor Strange, you know, willingly gave up the time stone to Thanos. And she has like a revelation moment where she's just like, oh my God, if he did that, then maybe I need to do this. Maybe I messed up something. Yeah. So she gives him the time stone. And, like, they have that da-da-da-da moment where they finally get their first stone. Yeah. Because they mess up the Tesseract. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just saying, to have Hulk, your strongest technical player, go for the one where it was just a nice sit-down chat, maybe not, like, the best idea. It was a covert mission. I guess. Yeah, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess. Yeah, so from there, you know... They didn't know it was going to be a sit-down chat. He thought maybe he'd have to take on somebody, take on a wizard. Right. <laughs> so from there, like, we get, like, um, some scenes where, like, Cap... Well, no, I'm sorry. Iron Man and uh, Ant-Man are sitting in the car, and Cap shows up with a scepter, and he's like, do you have the Tesseract? And... They're like, no, we didn't get it. We messed up. And then they're talking about how they're going to have to fix it. And so Tony and, and like, uh, Cap are sitting there just, like, talking back and forth. And the whole time Scott's just like, hey, guys, can I be on this conversation? Like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, no, we're having our reconciled buddy moment. Yeah. This is important. And so We have to do this from Civil War. They tell Scott to just go back with the scepter. And they're deciding to go even further back in a time to a time where they can find more pin particles because they realize they can only make one more jump. So they have to go get more pin particles and get the Tesseract from an earlier time period. Yep, yep. So they go and do that. So the whole three stones in New York didn't pan out for them anyways. No, it really didn't. So <laughs> they're about to go jump to that scene, but then we have to go back to Asgard. Yeah. So we go back to Asgard now, and on Asgard, we were left with, you know, like, a Thor talking to his mom, and we pick up with that again, only, you know, Thor having a heart-to-heart with his mom, and the meanwhile, like, Rocket sneaking around the, the you know, the palace yeah. trying to get the, the ether out of Jane. Which, how easy was that? That was pretty easy, yeah. Just yes, saying. Like, he had some little, like, device he just, like, stuck it in her and just like, pulled the Like, how did he out. know that that was going to contain the ether? How did he know where to stick it? These question all... we often ask ourselves. How do I know where to stick it? <laughs> These are all great questions. But, like, yeah, so the ether just popped on right out of her. Yeah, super easy. And he's, you know, not to say just just a rocket raccoon, but he got out of there pretty pretty easy for, you know, Asgardian police and everything. No, seriously, he really did, though. But we had to make time for our heart-to-heart with Mommy, so that's the only reason it was so easy. Hey, you know what? I really appreciated that little conversation because at the end of the conversation, you know, Thor finally got, like, some of his, like, his mojo back, his swagger back, whatever you want to call it. And he, as they were going to leave, because Rocket gets, you know, the ether, like, he holds out his hand and, you know, he's just like, and Rocket's like, what are you doing? And, you know, Thor's mom's just like, sometimes it takes a second and then Mjolnir comes to Thor, and he's like, oh my god, I'm still worthy. I can't believe this. And, you know, he has, yeah. has a little special moment. He looks over to his mom, and, you know, she, like, waves him off. And then they, Here's a question, they though. They leave Asgard. If he takes the hammer from that timeline, does that not also cause some issues? They were 
trying their best not to cause too many issues, but there's no way these things don't cause issues. We, yeah. We're going to talk about that at the end of this, though. But, like, yeah, that, that is a major issue because now that Thor doesn't have Mjolnir. Never had Mjolnir. Yeah, like... Right. Mm. So now for, like, when he faces Malekith later, he wouldn't have Mjolnir, and he wouldn't have it for when yeah. he fights Ultron and so, go, so forth. And like, I'm... Yeah, that, that one also is like, okay... So Mjolnir is just gone now. Yeah. Yeah. But... Don't care about that timeline. Next. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving forward. Yeah. So from there, you know, that's when we pan over and we meet the new Thanos. Dun, not, dun, dun. not the new Thanos. A but young, the, ripped Thanos. The 2014 Thanos, because we're seeing, you know, like on his ship, um, him and Nebula and Gamora. And they're able to see these, like, memories from, like, the 2014 version of Nebula. And it's... You think you mean the 2019 version? No, the 2014 version of Nebula just, like, has, like, these visions coming out of her. Oh, from her. I thought you meant the memories were from... Never mind. Syntax. Whatever. Moving on. So they're able to see these projections, and they're basically just, like, memories of the 2019 version. Oh, I guess technically it's 2023. I apologize. Yeah, The 2023 version of nebula and so thanos is able to see all these conversations about them like wanting to take the stones and go back in time this that and the other and he's able to deduce that this other nebula is from the future and that in this future that he was able to collect all the stones and he did snap everyone out of existence and so they look over and they're like okay where is this nebula now we need to go get her yeah which like my point in this part of the movie was like well, why did they send Nebula on this part of the mission if they knew the other Nebula was going to be nearby? But I guess there's no way they could have predicted that their, like, mechanics and brainwaves would sync up like that. Yeah, there's no way to know that was going to happen. But still, maybe not the best person for the mission, but, you know, whatever. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. So, we're going to stop it right here, because it dawned on me that this is a pretty long... Yeah, we're kind of getting there. We're going to maybe have to break this puppy up. To two parts. Do, do, do. Just like the Infinity War movies. To be fair. Two parts. Endgame should have been a two-parter movie. Honestly true. Should have been longer. Even at three hours, two rushed. They came out about a week ago, and they said that the original plan was to have Endgame be two movies. what they should have done. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to have their mess-ups be our mess-ups. We're going to split this review into two parts. We learn from the past. Yeah, so thank you for coming by for part one of Avengers Endgame Review. And on our next episode, well, my next episode, because next episode's your episode. Yeah, next, we'll talk about RuPaul next, but then after that, we'll do a second part breakdown. Yes, where we'll pick up right here where Tony and Cap go back even further into time to get the Tesseract. Heck yeah. Alrighty guys, that is our show for today. Thank you for tuning in to Flip It and Reverse It. Mm, it mm, nope, that part, we can't do the rest of it. It is copyright. Uh, my name is Jasmine and you can find me on Instagram at the real Jasmine Sherman. And over here we have Sir... Bombay Jenkins. Thank you. And you can find me on Instagram at ask underscore why underscore not, as in the ask why not page. And we also have our own Instagram for the podcast now, which is called at flip it and reverse it. Obviously. Give us some love. It's a little bit of a baby. 
needs a little love, needs a little help. Um, but uh, yeah, next week we are talking about, well, we already told you what we're talking about. Bombay's in charge. We're going to be doing some RuPaul. Or no, I'm in charge. Yeah. I'm the captain now. You're the captain. Ah, can't keep anything straight. Um, so tune in next week, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, rate us, follow us, subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating because four-star ratings are weak. Well, that four-star rating line was weak. Four-star ratings are for the poops that don't go down the toilet, okay? Also weak. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're strong. They're sturdy. They don't go down, man. They fight. They aren't weak at all. Sorry. Um, yeah, so give us a good not-poop rating. Yes. Um, <laughs> five stars only. <laughs> only five stars. Final thought of the day there, Bombay. Final thought of the day is that if you live in a house or an apartment, wherever it is that you live, and, you know, other people... No, you're bes- not about to do this. Other people besides you buy food, and you, you know, you feel like you might be able to get away with, you know, occasionally sneaking some of their food. <laughs> you gotta be more sneaky about it, because, you know, I apparently wasn't, and I got caught, and now I feel bad. Well, when you leave two of the items that were bought, I remember how many of them I had bought. Yeah, I messed up. Somebody likes to eat a lot, like, in the middle of the night, and I never see it happen. It's just gone in the morning. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my final thought of the day is, we're getting a kitty. We're getting a kitty cat. Oh, yeah. And that's all I got. All right, everyone. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.